Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Freedom of Speech Eliminating Day with Phil and the Mike. I am Darren Michael, and with me, as always, the man who is helping Joe Biden put together the $1.9 trillion COVID relief package. You know him here. We all go by filibuster Phil Calise. Hello, filibuster Phil. Did you see your shadow this morning? <laughs> oh wait that's the uh, wrong one sorry <laughs> yeah that's the wrong one how you doing how's everyone doing no it's uh yeah it's interesting it's interesting the jobs you give me are getting worse by the second so uh how about uh how about i go to some low level jobs like can i be like i don't know a ballot counter or something a little more widgety i don't know if i want to take that responsibility on you don't uh, know about that one yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I want to save the Ugandan whale in uh, wherever. And, uh, oh man, you, know. you just gave you just gave me more great ideas. <laughs> What's going on? But it is a Friday. Let's yes. be optimistic. It's a Friday. That's always good, right there. It's yep. a playoff NFL weekend Friday. Some four good games to to watch. Lots of good uh, stuff. You know, so that's good. Hot stove baseball, NBA. You got a lot of lot of fun things. And then we can talk about politics and all the deterioration of our freedom. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on, you know, especially with that. I know we didn't really talk about that too much. And and I was hoping that we can because I was man, I don't even know. I don't even know what to think. But let me let me just ask you a quick question about this, because I I know I know there's a lot of stuff going on and you can't really depend. Well, you can't at all depend on the media to provide you with with the truth about what's going on. But as far as the capital riots are concerned, you know, like everybody in the world is condemning them and everybody should. There's never, ever a reason for violence ever. Um, Well, unless it's us in North Korea or, you know, anyway, anyway. Um, But here's my question for you. Okay, is Trump responsible for the Capitol riot? Uh, It's a deep question, and I don't think we want to go too deep into it or we don't want to take the whole time on it. I mean, I he there is a there is a um, I think it's fair to say, let's say what's like fair to say. I think it's fair to say that the rhetoric he used that day and the days leading up amplified from when it was initially like you know there's fraud in the election system and we need to recount and we're going to pursue every legal avenue to challenge and you know we we feel like or we've seen enough evidence of some fraud and now it's about proving it like i think he went from that tact which i don't think there was anything wrong with in general like we've heard the nancy pelosi's and a lot of democratic uh, leadership calling the 2016 election fraudulent and um, obviously pursued every avenue in terms of, you know, thinking there was connections to Russia and all that. Right. So like impeachments and all those things. So so we've seen that rhetoric be used before. And I remember we had a conversation a while back when it was right after the election. And I used Al Gore's challenging of the election results in 2000. Yep. As a barometer to say, OK, this is where Trump sh- this is what Trump should do simply yeah. based on precedent. Like Al Gore challenged one state. It was one state. It was Florida. He right. challenged it for 50 some odd days, took every legal challenge avenue he could, pursued it. And then, you know, it was determined, obviously, that that Bush won. And, uh, you know, and then that was that. But. He 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 took it as far as he could possibly take it. And it was only one state. And there wasn't necessarily what was thought to be like widespread election fraud. It was, you know, based on the, the hanging chads, if everybody remembers. Right. Because yeah. 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 20 years ago. So it was a different way of doing things. What have you. Um, yep. So but I think the distinction is initially while people chastised Trump's rhetoric for saying, how could you, you know, like Twitter was putting a posting saying there is no proof that there's election fraud and all this other stuff. Or he, he, there was nothing inherently out of bounds to what he was doing based on precedent and based on, you know, wanting to challenge legally an election. And then it was starting to get worse because he was obviously seeing all the challenges be lost in court. Yep. And I think his, you know, his inner circle was shrinking and or not maybe 
backing him as much as he originally was. Um, Because I think a Trump sometimes is like this gigantic lion that needs to be fed, you know, all day. (laughs) You know, you got to feed him. You got to feed him all day. Like, you're good. You're great. Here's another steak. Here's another this. Maybe for Trump, it's more like, here's another fish fillet. Here's another burger. That's right. More McDonald's. That's right. Here's another French fry. And you just keep keep him fed and you keep him fat and happy. Yeah, yeah. And I think then the inner circle was starting to be like, well, maybe you did lose Michigan. Maybe you did lose Pennsylvania. Maybe Georgia's not going to go your way. And I think as the inner circle was even saying like, and then I think there was a pivot where like the Ivanka's Trumps and Jared Kushner's of the world were saying, listen, not only are we not getting what we need in court to keep going, you're, you're starting to tarnish the end of your presidency. Like, this isn't playing well. Yes, you have a, a base of people that are are angry and you're feeding that portion of the party. But then there's a large swath of the party and the country that you're just totally annoying with this. And it's not yeah. going your way. And I think as he started to realize, okay, I'm losing and I'm yep. really lost, or it yep. doesn't matter if you think there was election fraud. Like he lost on paper and he's not winning in court and it's over. And I think as that was happening, he had a chance to go one of two ways, pivot to uh, talk about his accomplishments, whether people think they're good or bad, their accomplishments, right? I always, the the word accomplishment doesn't necessarily mean it's a good accomplishment. It's just, he got things done. He got things done. He said he was going to do, he didn't get everything done, but he got a lot done. And so he could have said, despite, and then ran through the laundry list of things he had to overcome. The Russia investigation, the impeachment, things clouding over his presidency for all four years. He could yep. have said, even with all that, here's all the things I got done. The people have spoken. I don't agree. I think there was election fraud, but we've went through legal challenges. We, we didn't win. And so, you know, we're going to transition to Biden. And that's that. He could yep. have did that. And then I think his anger... I think his miss the 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 way he was treated for four years, really five if you count the run up to the election. Yep. Built up his inner circle shrinking and and kind of distancing from him, right? Because you always distance a little from the loser. You just do, of course, apparently. of course. Yep. So you start saying you take the you know you slide out of the picture a little. You're in the picture next to him, and then all of a sudden, oh, you slide a little further out. And I think it caused him to just go level 100 on his rhetoric. And you could see it building the last probably week or two before. He kind of disappeared for a little bit, and then he came back more angry, it seems like. And then, you know, listen, it's the perfect storm. You got Trump's rhetoric that day. Obviously, this was probably planned, though, in advance, but you got – you know, generally, but you got Trump's rhetoric, which was then over the top, completely over the top. You got – you got some people who, like, on all sides of the aisle are lunatics. So you got them. You got um, you got the fact that I think, you know, people watched for all summer long as there was a lot of violent protesting and rioting going on with yeah, little yeah. to zero chastising. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And I think so there was hypocrisy and you stir it all in a pot and then you get a scene nobody should ever want to see. And despite whether you think there's hypocrisy, despite whether you think the president was, you know, cheated out of an election, no matter what. Yep. If you can't you can't you can't do what occurred. So, like, at the end of the day, it's a disaster for the country just because, like, what was accomplished either, by the way. Like, these people are all in very big trouble and they should be. And what got accomplished? Well, just like just like all the other riots. I mean, I mean, nothing. No, gets, right. Nothing got nothing accomplished. Gets right. No, That's no, exactly. Nothing. I don't know what, the, burn, what the point you is. You burn a city block down. Yeah. And nothing gets better. It gets yep. worse. You just burn the city block down. Now your city block is burnt and the buildings just, are burnt. No, no, like no. Nothing... Listen, you're 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 absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I, I, but what I what I my concern is that I, I think that this is this is setting a really dangerous uh, precedent for for what's coming up. And that is, you know, you know, it's it's freedom of speech. 
and it's it's 2021 is is i mean i'm already calling it the year freedom of speech is eliminated i mean you you've seen it all over the place with with twitter and with facebook and with everything else you know and 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 you know to me it's it's unfair that that trump is getting blamed i understand his speech and i heard it and, and i understand where where people might be interpreting things and i'm not saying they're right or wrong but you know you know you you also had people cheering when maxine waters is up there saying yeah you know what if people have these opposing views and they're out to eat you need to go up to them and harass them you know like like that's okay or all the stuff that bernie sanders said and next thing you know there's a shooting at that con- congressional softball game you know so so the you know at, at the end of the day you know to me words are just words you know and i understand that they can they can rile people up but at the at the end of the day i just i don't see how somebody saying something is is holding them responsible for somebody else's actions. Everybody has a choice in their life of how they're going to behave. You know, I can sit there and I can go to Trump's speech, and then afterward, people say, "Ah, oh, let's let's run to the Capitol and you know go in there and attack and do do whatever." Who the hell, you know? And I have the choice myself to say, you know what, I don't want to do that, or you know what, I want to do that because I'm a piece of garbage. You know, it's just like it's just like, uh, you know, everything else, you know, and, and, and something else that really bothers me. I read this. The uh, <clears throat> there was there's a big comparison between the Black Lives Matter riots and the Capitol Hill riots. And you had you had the two bozos over at CNN, uh, Cuomo and, and Lemon, stating that the the BLM riots were more justified than the Capitol Hill riots. You know, and I have a big problem with that, because at the end of the day. I don't care about, you know, I mean, if there's violence in both, I don't care which one is more justified. This isn't this isn't a contest. You know, people are are committing these violent acts of breaking the law in both cases, all cases. And that is just that should be condemned by everybody, everybody. So as you said, this whole this whole hypocrisy is 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 killing me and then and then you got people like nancy pelosi who's now there she's threatening all the gop all the gop lawmakers if they open their mouths and say something supporting anything that that's not in their narrative you know but you, I, I don't know what this world is coming to but between the liberals and between the media and between big uh big tech i mean what wh- what's going on here and what is this country what is going to happen with this country? Because now you've got a president, a president elect that said, hey, I'm the guy that's going to bring everything together. So what I want to know is I want to know with all of this crap that's going on, what a 70 year old man is going to do to bring this country together. That's that's where I want to go with this topic. And I'm sorry that I went way, way off. But I think everything kind of comes together. And he's the one, you know, he say, hey, I'm the guy that's got the leadership to go out there and bring this country back from where it's been. <clears throat> yeah. Well, so I think I that's think what I want to know. So here's, here's what I think. Here's what I think before we go to that. Like, I think it's gotta be said is yeah. So you touched on it and then you kind of, you, you went in a couple of different areas, but I think yeah. the idea that you have to punish actual bad behavior, that's like right. you, when you act on something, that's when it's the behavior gets punished, right? So if you think yep. about robbing yep. a bank, but you yep. don't rob a bank, yep. even if you sit in on 20 forums of how to rob a bank yep. and you bring in 100 people to rob the bank, yep. but decide not to rob the bank, then you don't go to jail for robbing the bank. You, so, didn't, you didn't commit a crime. This isn't, this isn't Minority Report. Remember that one with Tom Cruise, that movie? I don't know if you ever saw it, where, where they have these, these people that can tell the future. So what they do is they go and they arrest people before they commit the crime. Right. Exactly. That's some, that's some, yeah, I, that's some artificial intelligence fun- funkiness. It's like, crazy. Yeah. This, this, this is, this is a situation where you can attend and, and this is, and that bridges the gap to me. If you attended the Trump rally at the Capitol, 
you cannot be held accountable for what those people did. We attend, me, I don't personally attend any rallies for anybody, but people attend rallies all the time. If a small group of people goes off the deep end and you're not a part of it, yep. there's no guilty by association. You just attended a rally to hear a person speak, whether it's the president, whether it's a governor, a st state, whatever. So the idea that there's this, they've blurred the lines of the people who committed acts versus the people that just showed up while the acts were happening or, or showed up and then left and then the acts were happening and you got people's pictures being posted. This guy was at the rally. That yep. guy was at yep. the rally. What yep. does that mean? Yep. So wait a second. Now it's a crime to go hear the president speak? That's exactly like, right. It's, it's preposterous. And it's, first of all, a slippery slope that will never ever get down for you're going to go down the hill and never be able to get back up because if that's now the new bar for for bad behavior or for things that are punishable then everybody's been a part of a group who splintered off and did something wrong that you didn't do that now you're guilty like that that can't possibly be the word work and the idea that now words are actual crimes words need to be punished no you know what the perfect situation is and this is how our country always was that's what is the, what's beautiful about a capitalistic country. And I used to say this about like the mask wearing. If you if you like if you mandate a business has to have masks. Right. And the business doesn't want to wear masks and everybody around there goes, you know what? I don't think that's a wise place to go choose to do business anymore. That business will either decide I better put masks on my employees or maybe out of business. Capitalism says it's what you have to attract the, the, the buyer. You have to attract the person who wants to patronage your business. So if you do things that amplify that, you might succeed. And if you do things that don't, it'll be flushed out. The same thing with words. If you say a bunch of words on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, what have you, and they're vile, bad, like ridiculous things, you're going to get flushed out. Like in the public square, like you're going to get flushed out in terms of like, nobody's going to want to be friends with you. Nobody's going to want to talk to you. This guy's real nasty. Like, you don't need to police it. It polices itself. Like it just does. Like that's the nature of anything. Like if you, if you treat people right, you know, more than likely you're going to have friendships and different yep. things. So like, it's always like that. You don't need to punish. Right. You don't need the that's government, right. a bunch of lying, right. a bunch of shady right. people and big tech punishing people for words. When these people all say the same stuff themselves, that's right. Like you can't do that. So like that's, that's right. where yes, Trump Trump played a part yes. in the riots, like uh, in in the Capitol. He played a part because he's the president, and you shouldn't do what he did. You shouldn't say what you did. He has a bigger forum, a bigger bully pulpit to yep. speak at. He should be looking to diffuse rhetoric and not amplify it. Especially a guy who that's ran right. on law and order and you know doing things and and being against BLM's uh, rioting right. and that's being right. against any rioting like. You know, so like he's hypocritical there because he absolutely, amplified it that absolutely. day when he shouldn't have done that. But again, we can't cross over and lose sight of if words now are punishable, if words get you deplatformed, if words get you to lose your yep. job, if words get like, and I don't mean like your basic words. Like, I mean, if your party affiliation, if being a Republican, if having ever attended a Trump rally, yep. if all that gets you literally your life yep. changed to the negative then now that's a that that's not something that we well, can you, have you know what country. you know like you know what else i'm even add, i'm going to even add to that because there was something else that i saw was just that i thought was just so ridiculous like they're 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 actually now it's not just people that are attending or that are saying whatever if you like a post that the the that the the the, the people the media whatever doesn't agree with then you get vilified you know, like, like so-and-so said something supporting Trump. You like the quote? Oh, my God, that's it. Forget it. We, we, we want nothing to do with you. Let's ruin your life. Let's ruin your career. Let's, let's drag your name through the mud. That's what I can't stand. That's what I can't stand. So, so again, that, that, that brings me to my question, and that is – because I don't know the answer to this question. I, 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 this is, is kind of what keeps me up at night. What is Biden going to do to bring us all together? That, that is the question. And if you ask me, there ain't nothing in hell that he's going to do because I think this guy is afraid of his own shadow. I think he's afraid of taking on his own party. 
And honestly, I don't even know how much input he has with everything. I mean, for all I know, he just they just have him locked up in a basement. And then when it's come time to make a speech, they just flash it on the on the, the screen in front of him. And he just gives it and that's it. And just goes back to sleep. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on. You know, I'm, the country, the country needs that strong leadership. And to me, you know, I don't care if it's Republican or Democrat. You know, I know I know that there's a lot that needs to be done. OK, but to me. This is not the guy that's going to be able to heal this country. We are so far divided. And if I look at where we're going to be in four years, guess what? I don't see it getting any better. Uh, no, listen, I, now, does Joe Biden inherently have some characteristics that I think would lend itself to um, uh, being a bridge to both parties? I do. Um, because the nature of, of the state he came from and how he's governed and been involved in politics. Like, I think he's more of like a moderate centrist Democrat historically. Yeah. So I think there's some precedent to think he could bridge the gap there's a, a little there. bit <laughs> now. Well, the, but, well, the, but is simply that thus far he hasn't done anything to show me he's wanting to do it. So I don't know. I think he is somebody who potentially could do it. So I think what, what could end up being the worst combination is that a person who actually is a little built for it doesn't want to do it or for whatever reason just has doesn't have the the energy at this point to take it on because it's certainly no small task. And if you do take on being the moderate, yep. you're going to get annihilated by the that, left. The left does not want anything to do with any moderation, right? They are... They are not looking for moderation. They are looking to spike the football. Yep. They have won the, the, yep. the House. They have won the Senate. And in, you know what? In some regards, fair. Like when you yep. win everything, you don't really have to play nice in the sandbox. That's true. Right? That's true. So in that regard, I can understand why a portion of the Democrat Party is like, screw this. Like yep. we want everything we've been wanting. We got a shot at. And so in that regard, I do understand it. Um in the regard of like being it being difficult to be Joe Biden right now, I do think there's some serious challenges. And I think I said to you off off the podcast the other day, it, you could make the case that Georgia going the other way and the Senate being retained by Republican how yep. the party would have been better. For yeah, them. I know we talked because, about that. And people are like, wait a second, wait a Gotta second, how is that, that possible? How is the Republicans? Yeah, how how did the Republicans holding the Senate help Biden? I think it gets down to if that's the case, if that would have happened, then Biden has more power because Biden can actually turn around to the left and say, guys, this isn't going, this isn't passing the Senate, guys. Like, you got to give me a piece of legislation. Yeah, great, you passed it in the House. It's dead on arrival in the Senate. You got to give me something that can, that we can get through. And so it would have made them have to sharpen their pencils and come back with something somewhat more moderate with some gives and takes. And so that would have allowed him to be able yep. to do that and have the Republican Senate to, to, to be the scapegoat. And, you know, and I'm going under the idea that Biden wants the president. I'm going on this. This idea, by the way, is is that Biden wants to be a moderate president now if he doesn't then this doesn't matter but if he does and his his legacy he feels like well this is what i am i'm a i'm a i'm a build a bridge builder i can i can talk to both sides i can unite if he really wants that then i think the election went against really what he would have worked better but to to me biden Um, is not he is not the right candidate for the the new democratic party he's perfect 30 years ago hey he was the right candidate yeah but won. but you know what, you know what i'm saying like you said he's he's conservative he's not see the problem is that that he's far too conservative for i think the rest of the party you know and then it's funny because he's probably well you're making an assumption though wait you're making an. i gotta just say this you're making an assumption that he actually is no but i'm just saying he, now that he's got the House and Senate, maybe you'll see a, right. a very, very left-leaning Biden that says, wait a second, now, wait, I never could get this stuff done, but now we can. See, I, I don't – see, and, and I, I, I just think him by nature and everything that he's done over, over the years, I think he is more of the old-school conservative Democrat. He's, he's not the new – 
he doesn't he doesn't i don't think he aligns with the face of the party and like you said i think i think the republicans winning winning the senate would have been the best thing for him now the democrats are going to you know they're saying oh we've got control of the house we've got control of the senate we want you to get everything done and here you go you got a guy in there that's maybe saying and i don't know i don't know but maybe he's saying you know hey i don't believe in this because this isn't if i if he sits there and he goes with everything that the democrats are saying then all that he's going to do is he's just going to widen the Republicans and the Democrats, and this is going to get worse. And he ran on the fact that he's going to bring us all together. Well, according to the Democrats, the only way that well, we can get brought together is if everybody from the right goes to the left. You are, everybody has to move closer to the left. That's how we get together. It's not we meet in the middle. you know. And I think Joe, Joe is yeah, more of yeah. a meet in the middle yeah. kind of guy to me. And if, he, if he's really being – being pushed, especially by his vice president, who was, I think she was voted the most radical senator uh, of the hundred that are in the Senate. You know, there, there's, it's, it's just, it's not going to go the way that it needs to go. That, that's kind of my point to this whole thing. We don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, I just, I don't think that he's strong enough. I don't think he's got the energy to fight off his party. I think he's going to fall in line, do what they say, which is just going to divide this country even more. Well, that's a very gloomy, doomy 2021 outlook, Mr. Dan. I don't, I don't want to I don't be know. gloomy. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think Biden is better at – I think Biden understands the challenges. Like I think the people around him are long, savvy political people. I think they have to make a calculation, and they knew Georgia was yep. riding on it. So they had, they had the calculation made either which outcome Georgia went. I'm sure – you know, in some regards, they wanted to win Georgia because you, you want to win anything yeah, you're competing yeah. in. So I'm sure part part of it was, OK, good news. If Georgia wins, here's all the things we can get done right away. No issue. Yep. If Georgia loses, here's the things we probably can't get done right away. Give me some things we can get done right yep. away. And, you know, they had plan A and plan B on under either scenario. I think, you know, I'm sure Joe Biden is saying to himself, that's it. The train has left the station. We won Georgia. We have a yep. mandate in terms of yep. the election. I'm going to have to move way further to the left than maybe I want, but I'm going to have to do it because he can't fight off the left of That's his right. party. That's right. Like he has no, he, he has majorities everywhere. Yep. He can't, even if he thinks this isn't the best, he's not, I agree. He's not going to fight his party to stop yep. something. That's right. So, He's not Bernie Sanders. He's not, you know, um, a few of the other candidates that were running in terms of like taking it off the cliff left. But between the Congress, between yep. the House and between the very noisy part of the House that's moving the needle further and further left and between the Senate now, s small majority they have. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do think you're going to see big like this one point nine trillion dollar covid relief they're going to name it whatever that sounds really nice yep. and sweet and then they're going to give away yep. you know a trillion of it to like the national museum of history <laughs> and important. all the rest of it but but they all do that by the way and that's that's all of them like the Repu and i gotta say in in talking about phony garbage there's no more phony mo more talk out of one side and do something out of the other side than a lot of these republicans yep. who will say they want to go now we better watch out for big tech censorship and now Look, 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 look. And they had the House and the Senate under Trump's first two years, and they didn't yep. do crap. They didn't do crap when it came to big tech censorship. They didn't do crap when it came to certain things that they like to rail against as soon as they're the minority party, but but talk, but don't do anything when they're yep. in the majority. So there's a lot of hypocrisy in all levels of yep. both parties. No, you're right. You're right. Speaking of speaking of hypocrisy, let's uh, let, let's move on and, and talk about the NFL. I'm trying to think of a good segue, but there, there really isn't one to go into that. So, so uh, big weekend, we're down to eight teams, four games left. And so uh, what I want to do is, you know, I mean, you know, we missed, we missed the picks last week. I know everybody was really upset about that, but um, 
lost people money because my picks are good. This week, man, I'm I'm thinking you're going four zero. I just have a really good feeling about it. So what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce the game. I'm gonna I'm gonna mention just a little quick tidbit and then have you kind of respond and uh, and give us your pick. All right. So we'll start off on uh, on Saturday, and this is the the. Los Angeles Rams at the Green Bay Packers. Packers are giving six and a half points. Big news coming out of LA. This is the biggest news of the season. Wolford has been ruled out of the game. <laughs> so their backup quarterback is not going to be available for this game. So does that have as big of an impact on this game as I think it does? <laughs> which is which is not any. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so here's the I- irony of, of how I'm going to look at this weekend slate yeah. of football games. I, I think this is, so there's going to be a, like an interesting piece that I think we'll see how this could be a very boomer bust week for me. Cause I have a very similar thought on almost okay. every game. And that is, I like the underdog road team to stay close in almost all okay. of these games. Um, and for different reasons. So as it relates to the Rams and Packers, what I like about the Rams here is a couple of things. One, they're battle tested. The Rams have a couple of years removed from the Super Bowl, but there's this isn't like too big for them this moment. Um, I think they're I think the Packers defense is a yep. little weak. Yep. It always is. Um, I think Rodgers, who is my MVP and I think will be named I the agree. league MVP is a little bit has one main yep. weapon. So I happen to think, although Devontae Adams is all He's world, good year. Um, the, the Rams happen to have one of the best elite corners yep. as well. And so I think they can give the Packers a little more trouble there than most uh-huh. teams can. I think Aaron Donald could make life a little tricky for yep. Mr. Rogers. Um, and I just simply think the Packers will give up some points because they're just not that good defensively. And then the ultimate thing is none of these are true road games. There's no fans in these places. If there are fans, they're very small smattering yep. of fans. I mean, so these aren't real playoff. That's true. That's true. Which I think, which I think takes a little juice out of all the games, but it also takes a little bit of the being the favorite at home away. You know, I don't even know if the Packers are going to have any fans. They haven't had any all year. The Bills had a uh, set seven thousand fans were let in for yep. last week's game, so this isn't exactly any real home field. Um, and if you jump, I don't know if this is true or not, but if you do a Lambo leap and there's no fans, is it still a Lambo leap? I don't <laughs> who, know. Who are you leaping but, to? You know, exactly. You're gonna leap right on your own butt. Um, so I'm gonna take the Rams plus okay. six and a half. I think the game is close. Do I think Rodgers pulls it out? I do, but I think this game is closer than some okay. people think. Okay. You know, I'm just thinking about it, man. You know what? I should have introduced you as that the man that invented the non fan Lambo leap. Like what they could do is they could jump <laughs> into a big pile of cardboard and then you could like press a button and like all the cardboard starts moving and it looks like they're patting you on the back. And anyway, 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 just a just a thought. You get little ro- little robot little robot cardboard boxes that give. That's you what I'm thinking, show. man. That would be pretty good. Just write Green like Bay it. over, you know. All right, so so let's move on <laughs> to the the second game on Saturday, and this this uh, this this could be a really nice matchup here. You've got the Ravens at the Bills. The Bills are favored by two and a half points, and you know the, I think the the big question about this is you know now that Lamar has got a, a playoff win under his belt. And, uh, you know, we, we saw they, they, they didn't look great last week, but his legs sure looked pretty good. So the question is, you know, this this unbelievable year that, that Josh Allen had versus these uh, the, these incredible running legs of, of Lamar uh, Jackson. I mean, what, what's going to give in this game? Because this is one of those games, this is the, the lowest spread of the week. And this is one of those games that, that I think could truly go either way. Yeah, I so I look at this game and these are two teams that are very interesting to me because I've had a little bit of a uh, all year. I've thought both of these teams for different reasons were were a little bit overrated. Now, Buffalo has had an incredible season. I mean, they're 13 and three. They win a I mean, if anybody watched that Colts Bills game, they probably should have lost that game. 
Um, they had to also get the, the monkey off their backs and win a playoff game. Josh Allen had to because they had collapsed and blown that big one last year yep. against the Texans. They do hold on and win. I really thought the Colts would beat them. I thought the Colts would certainly stay within the six and a half last week, and they did. So I am not I, – I, I, there's things about Buffalo I don't love, and Josh Allen at times will make a big mistake, um, which I think could be a big – problem i also think the ravens defense showed you in how they bottled up uh derrick henry and made life very difficult yeah. for uh for the titans that they will present That's some right. challenges lamar the, the flip side is i've been very down on lamar jackson i think he's more or less a one-trick pony i think the playoffs have exposed yep. him every year i don't particularly think what he did last week was overwhelming he had one just incredible was... run he broke he broke a 60-yard run for a touchdown. We know that is yep. what he does well. He doesn't throw the ball very well. He didn't last week either. Um, and let's face it, the Titans' defense was god-awful all season, and they put 20 on them, and that 20 was really two plays. So I wasn't overly impressed with the Ravens, but here's what I'll say. I do think Lamar Jackson was feeling the pressure of getting yep. the monkey off his back. I do think – he's back into a mentality of run first and because he's so dynamic with his legs, I do think he'll again, make a few big plays with his legs. I think it'll eventually set up a few wide open deep throws. Mm -hmm. That'll help him. Um, and I'm going to go again down the, the, the underdog road team and I'm going to take the Ravens plus two and a half to, uh, you think to the Ravens are going to, you think they're going to win the game? And I do wow. think they're going to win. Yeah, I do think they'll win outright. I think they'll go to Buffalo and win outright in front of 6,700 fans, which is the number that Cuomo's wow, allowing interesting. In. Interesting. All right. All right. Good call. Yep. Good call. So the uh, <clears throat> the first one of our Sunday games is the Cleveland Browns at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by negative 10. I wanted to talk to you. This is, this is really interesting because, you know, you've got the, uh, you've got the Mayfield-Mahomes game. Uh, matchup but did you know about their last uh college football showdown that would be the baker mayfield oklahoma sooners against the pat mahomes texas tech red raiders game i i don't know anything about it it was 2016 right the final of this game was oklahoma won 66 to 59 i know that's 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 unbelievable considering it's the pac-12 here's <laughs> here's here's their stats okay baker mayfield threw for 545 yards all right so just a studly game just when you think that's impressive you haven't heard what pat mahomes did that game 500 he he was 52 for 88 passing for for oh 743 God. yards, okay? <laughs> the teams combined <laughs> for 1,700 yards of total offense. Matter of fact, rumor has it there wasn't even a defensive player on the field. So, um, oh my so the question, my question obviously is, you know, is, is what do you think of this game? But, but even more so, do you think this is a, uh, a re- repeat? You think they're going to be able to push almost 1,300 yards of passing offense between the two of them again? Uh, no, that would be a definite <laughs> no. Um, yeah, that, this is this is called NFL big boy football, not your not your uh, sister's Big 12. No, where they play with flags oh. in their pockets and they play two-hand touch. No. Now, listen, here's the thing about this game. I, I, and we're going to find out – this is going to be an interesting – game from a Chiefs perspective. We're going to find out if the Kansas City Chiefs, I know it sounds crazy to say this at 14-2, and two, but we're going to find out if they've been sleepwalking a yep. little through yep. the season because there's been multiple games, I would, I would say more yep. than multiple games. There has been a handful of games where the Chiefs have woken up late to win but not looked very good, right? And they've, their defenses look very average. Even Mahomes at times goes three and out more than I ever could recall last year. Um, there is some challenges with the, with the Chiefs this year um, that worry me. The Browns, so what I like, I always say the NFL is all about matchups. There's reasons upsets happen. They're not just total flukes. There's just teams that match up well with others. There's bad teams match up well with good teams at times, what have you. I like the Browns matchups here. I really do. Like, I like the fact that the Browns can run the football 
I like the fact that the Browns have pass rushers that can get to Mahomes without blitzing, which he'll crush. I like certain things about this game. Now, we'll see how it plays out, but I do think this game can be close. And and so I really, really think the Browns will score some points. The Browns will hang in this game, and I think they will they will cover the ten, meaning the Browns yep. take the ten. Um, and I think this is my third underdog on wow. the road pick. So three for three with the underdogs, not to win outright, but I think they give the Chiefs a big scare. And I think I think I think Mayfield does play well. I think Mahomes is just obviously better and figures it out, but yep. I think it's close. All right, and the uh, the last game. Uh, of the week, the second game on Sunday, is what I refer to as the Battle of the Senior Citizens. And it is the Buccaneers Mm -hmm. at the Saints. Saints are favored by three points. Now, the interesting thing about this is uh, just like there's, it seems like there's a theme with Sunday's games, just like Mayfield and Mahomes played against each other in college. Well, so did Brady and Breeze. Um, And it's funny because Mayfield-Mahomes was 2016, Brady and Breeze was uh, 1999. So, <laughs> so it was actually, uh, it yeah. was actually, they actually played uh, right after I got married. So I got married in 1999. Um, and the stats were, were almost identical to the, May- the Mahomes and uh, Mayfield stats. Uh, Michigan won, I want to say it was 38 to like 38 to 10, something like that. I can't remember what the final score was. But Brady was 15 for 25 for 250 yards. And Breeze, talking about uncharacteristic, and maybe we should have maybe we should have looked at this game when we were talking about, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Josh, uh, what's his name from the Bills? What, what is his last name? Josh Allen. Josh I Allen. Remember. Um, because Josh Allen had some, some similar issues in college. Breeze was 20 for 49 in that game. And this is a guy who's like career in the NFL, 70% completion percentage. So, so maybe that's telling something, you know, guys that don't complete a whole lot of passes in college, they come to the NFL and they're just completion machines. So, you know, so the question is, is, is this going to have the same outcome as, as the outcome was in 1999 between Michigan and Purdue? Yeah, so that game from 150 years ago has nothing to do with this game. But but yeah. I do think, and I'm not a Brady guy. Potentially, yeah. And this is Breeze's last uh, hurrah. He's basically, I think he's pretty I would much be come out and said. I think yeah. he has a TV contract waiting for him at NBC. That was the rumor. That was the rumor going into this season that he had signed basically a post-retirement NBC contract to do the uh, actually to do the Notre Dame games and to do uh, um, I guess a couple other things on NBC, but um, this is an interest. I mean, this, this, this screams obviously yep. another three point spread. This is heavyweight versus heavyweight. You know, <laughs> uh, I know it's geriatric quarterback versus geriatric quarterback, but yeah. Tom Brady is playing yep. phenomenal right now, but, but <laughs> there's a, but the saints have a very good front four. The Saints can play some defense. This That's is right. not your old school Saints team where they got to score 40 to win. They play some defense. They have a yep. solid defensive team and they run the football and they really play to protect Breeze. Um, they, they, it's not the old Breeze. Like this is a, you play to protect Drew Breeze here. Um, and then you got Tom Brady and an offense that's got a lot of firepower, but they need Brady to play well. Like they're not going to be able to run the ball down the yep. Saints' throat, and you know Brady's going to throw twenty passes, and they're going to win. I could see the opposite happening, where Drew Brees could ride Kamara and a good defense to a low-scoring win. It's not happening the other way around. Saying all that, I just think there's a little magic in Mr. Brady this year. Um, I think that magic comes crashing down next week in Green Bay, but I think the magic gets him through one more week. And so the theme of wow. the Phil picks are four road teams, four underdogs, taking them all. Yep. And again, this is one of those games where I would be more leery about taking the Bucks with, and you know, you could say it's crazy, but I'd be a little more leery about taking the Bucks with 70,000 fans in New Orleans, making it impossible to hear. And this is another game where it's not really a home game. Yep. You know, they were going to play in front of 7,000 fans, if any. 
and you know you're going to hear yourself you're going to hear the you know the guy 20 seats over ordering a hot dog so this isn't going to be uh not going to be any noise factor so i'm going with the four road teams all uh wow. all underdogs as well wait three yeah, of two of them went two out of them. right yeah um well let me see three of them to win. no two of them two of them to win outright two of them to win outright the uh the uh, Ra- the Rams and the Bucks. I mean, the Rams and the Browns to cover the other two to win outright. Um, but I I wouldn't be totally stunned if three of the four went outright. I think there is some. I think there's some possibility with the third. But it it uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the underdog. So this could be a bloody week for me. Yeah. I did finish forty six thirty six and two, ten over. This could be a disaster because of how I'm picking. Hey man, I like it. I like it. No guts, I like it. I love no glory. Go, uh, go undefeated. Now, the one thing that I wanted to say, I mean, the, I think the big winner in all this is the uh, University of California, isn't it? Isn't, um, isn't Goff and Rogers both from Cal? So you know. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. The University of California. It, it's on funny because you, you and I, we, the, we talk about that. We've been talking about NFC that for years. How, how you know? Hey, what? What university is it that constantly produces top quarterbacks? And there isn't any. So I, I find it really interesting to, that, that there's two Cal guys going up against each other. And obviously, they're going to know each other. I don't know how well they know each other, but I'm assuming because they're both Cal guys, they probably know each other pretty well. So it um, looks good for, for University of California. Well, well, and easy, <laughs> and easy on the great quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers going to Hall of Fame, and Jared Goff's dropping. Well, listen, Jared Goff's listen. only going when he visits in his. He's fall. a starting NFL so let's quarterback. Be a easy, he is a starting NFL quarterback. And, and listen, they won the playoffs last very week. Very they're, they're, they're in the playoffs. The team is pretty good, so I'm I'm not going to say. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he was in a Super Bowl. He was in a Super Bowl two years right. ago. He, he, does, he doesn't play for the Jets, so Super you know Bowl, he's, he's got to be decent. But, but so, you know, the yeah. thing that I the thing that I find really interesting is you know there's eight teams left, and uh, of the eight teams, the Jets beat two of them. I'm just saying, just saying. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. The NFL is unpredictable and really. If you That's really, exactly. if you really value the money you make, you really shouldn't bet on football. And it probably should go across the board for all sports, but you really shouldn't bet on football because the Jets have beaten two teams that are not only yeah, uh, the, I'm wrong, but they've beaten two teams the Rams that are they both still in the playoffs? No, yeah. the Seattle. No, yeah, the Rams and the yeah. Rams. Yeah, yeah. All right, two teams that made it through the first round, not just playoff teams. And they beat them, exactly and they right. beat them. You take another step. They beat them when the teams needed to win the games. The Rams, exactly it cost right. the Rams exactly the division. Right. So, and it cost so the all Browns good things. All good. So I'm excited so, about yeah. that. But, sure. but just as excited, man, I'm, oh, the you know, there's, there's uh, seven coaching vacancies, or there were seven, and now there's five and potentially four after today. But I wanted to get your thoughts on the first two hires. You've got, you've got the Jags who hired uh, Mr. Urban Meyer, the guy that has just won everywhere he's been. And the New York Jets signing Robert Saleh. Saleh? Salah? What, how do you pronounce his last name? Salah. 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 Rob Salah. Salah. Robert Salah. Rob. He goes by Rob. Rob Salah and Urban, the Urban Meyer legend. The Urban legend that is Urban Meyer. I <laughs> well, think the, the only, legend the, is. The only thing plays, that I'm going to say he, about he Urban, Urban three Meyer years, is, no matter what. one, he coached for uh, two championships, which I appreciate. And two, he and I are in the same fraternity. Just wanted to say that. Just wanted to put that out there. So, except he is a he is a he is known as a significant uh, sig, cool. whereas I am I'm sure a sig that people want to forget. So, I'm working on it. I'm an insignificant sig. That's right. Until well, Phil Mike hits it big. Sig, I mean, we're already at about a hundred thousand <laughs> listeners in my mind, and so. You know, once we get up to those multi-million numbers, then then maybe yeah. I can be a significant sig too. So, so anyway, so what do you think? What do you think about those two hires? You know, I mean, it's it, it's it's difficult when you've got exactly. such a coach that's had such great college success to come into the NFL and do the same thing. So, my question to you is: Can he continue this streak and be and turn this franchise around and make them winners also? It's a, you know, 
there's moves that a lot of these head coaching positions we know are complete crapshoots. Fan bases end up wanting a guy, and halfway through, they have no idea what that guy's going to be. Uh, and most of these positions are that. If you plug a guy in from college, you have no idea if it's going to translate to the NFL. Um, if you grab one of these coordinators, that's a hot commodity in the moment. Nobody has any idea. You know, you just don't. It's such a crapshoot if, if, you know, so Urban Meyer is not a crapshoot in the way that a lot of these hires are, which is why the Jaguars are going to pay him triple what everybody else gets paid. He is a tried and true proven winner at three schools, Utah, Florida, and Ohio State. Yes. Does he drive you a little crazy with that? He seems to get these bad migraines and they magically go away every three years after he leaves. I mean, yes. You know, if yep. you're if you're hiring Urban Meyer, you're yep. getting the good and the bad. And the good is he wins. And the good is he knows talent. The good is he motivates talent. And he's won everywhere he is. So am I going to be surprised if the Jaguars in two years are a wild card team? No, I'm not going to be. He's got Trevor Lawrence, which is a done deal. Nobody's been drafted sooner yep. than Trevor Lawrence the day he graduated or left Clemson. He will be yeah. the number one yes. pick. Yes. Um, Urban Meyer is he's a winner. I mean, that's it. He's a winner. You're going to pay him. Ten, I don't know what the final pay is uh, salary. You're going to pay him 10 million. You're going to pay him 12 million. He's going to get paid yep. at the very top end of the, co- yep. of the head coaching uh, positions in the NFL because he's won so much in college. There is a bit of a does it translate to the NFL? It always is because until you do it there, you know, there'll be some chatter that maybe he can't yep. do it there. Um, but you, you, if you have a chance to hire him, and I'm sure he was only going to the team who had the number one pick. And I'm even more sure that he I, – I, I'm, I'm, I should say I'm less sure that he would have went to the Jets if they had the number one pick because I think climate and geography played a factor too. The number one pick happened to be in a warm-weather city. He's getting older. I'm sure New Jersey wasn't going to appeal to him the way Jacksonville does between state tax favorability and all the rest. I'm sure the whole package came together really well for him to want it. Um, But I think the Jaguars made the obvious decision because everything else is a big risk and he's a less risk. So they paid for the less risk and they paid for the potential of a home run, which is Lawrence Urban Meyer, hundred million in cap space and a real shot to build this thing. So I, and you know, when you look at that division, the Texans seem to be in a bit of shambles. The um, Colts are, you know, a good team that has a very old quarterback. So they're yep. not any sure thing. Now right. that Phillip Rivers is, you know, another year older. I don't even know if they're keeping him or not. Yep. And yep. Uh, who's the other team? The Titans. I mean, the Titans are a good team, <laughs> but let's face it. The Titans have Ryan Tannehill. He doesn't, you know. Uh, he's solid. He's doing good, but like they're about, know, they're about to lose their offense. You know, they're about to lose their offensive to coordinator too. So I think it was scarier with that. Right, no, no, definitely and it's not. not. Like that's not the scariest division to come into if you're Urban Meyer. So and 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 he can it, literally it transform that that roster overnight with a hundred million cap space and a million picks. So it's great. And then the Jets again. Now you get into the crapshoot. You're hiring yep. a very steaming hot assistant or uh, coordinator. And that's what you're doing. And so it has a chance to work out. Everybody swears by the guy that I've heard speak, his former players, people around the league that know him. Um, he's had nothing but incredible yep. success in terms of turning a bad 49er defense into a top-rated one. Everybody says he's a real coach, even though he's, he's like a full all-around yep. coach, leader of men, even though he's never – had to do it yet so checks off all the boxes but at the end of the day most of these coordinators don't work out obviously all of them at one point worked out the ones that are that hit it big all all, you know they're so you mostly find the the great coach was a coordinator um you know you do you don't you don't see it as much where they were a college coach they come to the nfl and they're great it's usually they work their way up through coordinator and then get it but how many we can name hundreds that failed miserably when they were the hot guy coming out. Um, Because I think the thing is you just never know who can handle being the head coach versus who just was great at one side. Yep. Yep. That is true. It's a whole different animal to take on the whole responsibility. So, but he's the anti for jet fans. He's the anti-gaze. 
He's the <laughs> rah-rah leadership talk, you know, um, you know, he's just, he's high energy and Gase was, uh-huh. you know, arms folded, never spoke yeah. a word. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll see. never I'm, looked I'm excited, excited to be there. It. I'm excited yeah. about the prospects. I mean, anything is better than Adam Gase, yeah, but we'll let's, uh, Let's 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 uh, let's move on to a little a little basketball. And there's only there's sure. only really one thing that I want to talk about. It's it's James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. You know, now you've got another super group. You know, it seems like these 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 all stars get together usually in groups of threes. And uh, you know, so so here's the question though. You know, what what do you do when you have You've got two guys that definitely need the ball. I think Kevin Durant is actually quite a team player. But what are you going to do with James Harden and Kyrie Irving, who, who combined need to get 50 shots a game? I mean, what, what is that going to do to that team? And, you know, and, and, and listen, the, the, uh, the Nets, they gave away a lot of picks for this. A lot of picks. I think they gave three first-round picks. They got rid of a couple players. They also got uh, three picks, you know, whichever team – finishes worse gets the better pick for three i mean i mean they basically traded the house for this guy and 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 we know that he's a great player he's one of the best players in the nba as far as scoring wise but you know the question is is he the guy that's going to turn this nets team into the eastern conference champion i mean i know there's the the talent in the east it's not nearly what it is in the west so I mean, it's a possibility, but but how do you think these three guys are really going to work together, and is it going to yield the kind of results that they want? It is right. This is uh, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, yeah, yep. I mean, you know, the NBA is about stars. Stars gravitate to play on the same team. It's not how we grew up watching it. This precedent's been set for a while now, but I don't know if the fit really works. Um, Yep. there's not enough basketballs to go around and there's not enough defense being played. So, you know, they yep. gave up a couple pieces on the roster and then I know they just gave up a million picks. They yep. better win at least one championship, if not two, because they're all in and then their future is totally done. So, I mean, the Nets have to win one to two championships for this trade to have worked. Of Anything less than at least a championship is an Im- unmitigated yeah. failure. Um, I'd even argue maybe two championships. So, you know, I mean, you're putting, you're putting <laughs> a whole lot again. of offensive <laughs> talent with very little defense. And uh, that's, I know the league doesn't yeah, play a yeah. ton of it, but man, this is really rough on the defensive side. So I, I you know, I just don't know how they gel. And, you know, when I think of like a Chris Bosch, um, um, LeBron and Dwayne Wade, it it of clearly was LeBron's team very quickly yeah. after he got there. But Le, but That's LeBron true. has That's that all around game that makes it so much easier for him to fit in, you know. And he's going to play defense at a high level. He's going to pass. He's going to do this and that. When you put three all three all world players yep. together, but they all are very offensive dominant. And and then you say like how does it yep. fit like who what role is going to be what because none of them play good defense and they all want the ball they're all kind of I mean Durant maybe to a lesser extent but Harden and Irving want the ball and they want to ISO and they want like that's a tough <laughs> that's tough to think like imagine being the other two guys on the court with them they got to be like you just put your arms you know put, you know what that, you know that reminds you of you know uh, that you reminds you of it's so great like right, like you you think like, of like all these bands do? right like you 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 think of um like uh uh rolling stones you got mick jagger you got keith richards and then you got the other guys or you got like like bon jovi you got john bon jovi you got uh richie sambora yeah, and then I mean, you got the other guys you know so it's it's the same thing. You know, you got your, your, your couple stars and then you got these guys in the side that nobody knows who they are. They basically don't do anything. I mean, the thing, the thing that I liked and the reason that I think that Jordan is still the greatest player ever is because he's the guy that knew how to get those guys involved in the game. He knew, he knew the time that those guys could shine. He knew how to get the most out of those guys. And I think, I think that's what, that's what needs to be done. And, and yeah. I don't see Harden, Durant, or Irving, you know, maybe they're getting a lot out of each other, but the other two guys that are on the court, 
I mean, what, they're just they're just there to play defense. They're not going to touch the ball on offense. And I hope that they've I hope they understand that that's going to happen. Yeah, and and yep. and my, I heard a rumor that he really wanted yeah, to go to Philly, definitely. and he probably would have fit the 76ers yep. Yep. better, um, just because of yep. what they currently have. And I don't think the owner wanted to trade him there. So um, he just ended up in what I just would I, I think, guess. And I, I, I agree wrong, with you as far as the, like the Sixers fit. are concerned. You know, you've got really you've got your your six ten point guard who's more of a pass first guy. Then you've got your your big guy under the net. So yeah, yeah, you that's a guy that would have fit in there, and he would it would have been welcomed for him to get twenty five shots, but. Listen, here, here nor there, it doesn't matter. And we'll, we'll have to see what happens. But I think I'm in agreement with you. This is not going to turn out to be as much of a home run as I think the Nets think it's going to be. Just because you add a great player doesn't mean that it's going to work out well. You know, just putting it out there. So, so <clears throat> I got a few more things that I just wanted to talk about. Only time will this, is, this is from the school of, oh, no, Liam Neeson who has somehow become a huge action star. <laughs> he has decided that he is retiring from, and I quote, ass kicking. He said, he said, I'm currently, and, and actually I'm not going to tell you how old he is. How old is he? How old do you think he is? Liam Neeson. He's 68. He's 68. So he's like, He's like, you know what? I, I just, yeah, I'm okay. getting too old for this. I can't do it anymore. So he's got, which is funny because I thought, I thought that's it. You know, that's it. But what he said was, was as soon as these next two movies come out and the few that are still in the uh, process for me to star in, that's when I'm going to stop. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, all right, so you're just telling us that you're going to do another 10 movies and then that's it. That's basically what you're telling me. But uh, I thought that was too bad. And you know, when when you look at him, do you do you think that he's like a good, tough guy? I think he has a good he has a good voice. Like I think. Uh, <laughs> I mean, listen. There's, I feel like there's some legendary like tough guys out there. But no, does he look like no? He doesn't look like the well, prototypical he's also, I mean, tough he's, guy. But he's, he's got, got like the big voice guy, but he's, he's really tall. Look. He's he's like six five. So yeah, yeah. So he's he's really tall and kind of intimidating, I guess, standing over people. Oh, is he? I don't know. His that. movies have been good. I mean, I enjoy his movies. I enjoy all those Taken movies. I, I don't know if they're going to do another one. I mean, they've already had three, but I guess if you're making a few hundred million on each one, you might as well make a fourth one. But but who knows? So I was I was a little bit a uh, little bit upset to hear about that. And then from the from the school of duh, um, there's a report that came out. There was a study done, and I want you to answer this question. They did a study to determine what the most popular takeout food is in the world. And what do you think that answer was? I think, I think it's, I think it's in the world, but in the world or the U S say the U S pizza is the correct answer. I know you didn't see that one coming. So they, they probably spend all this money on this, uh, on this to find out something that the rest of us already knew. So I thought, I know they're, they're what do you everywhere. do with that information? It's not a secret, but thank you for spending uh, spending out. money on, uh, on coming up with that and, and, and writing a report so that we know. So thank you. That, that's really made a difference in my life. And then uh, from, from the school of <laughs> who cares, uh, they, they announced the acts for the inauguration. Okay. Now, you, if you remember, uh, anytime Trump played a song, by an artist, they wanted to sue him for using the song. All right, no matter who it was, it didn't matter who it was. So, uh, so here, here's just some of the headliners for the inauguration: L- Lady Gaga, J Lo, Justin Timberlake, Demi Lovato, Bon Jovi, yeah. Foo Fighters, John Legend, and Bruce Springsteen. All right, so it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, don't think for a second that every celebrity, every every musician, they also that's, vote for Biden because they got four years that's to play in is. front of uh, the, that's the country again. Because they all flock to this stuff. Uh, oh, you know, shocking! And my hope Should for this is that all of these the people have they to just, pay a lot more like, in taxes. That would be uh, that would be really wonderful. 
but uh, but again, it's if if that's how it's going to be, I can assure you, there's <laughs> seventy more seventy four million people out there that will not be watching the inauguration. Um, and I I might be interested to hear. Now you know what I'm not going to watch it. What, what am I'm I watching it honestly. Okay, you you can you can let us know. I am. I'm in. Joey B and me. Uh, Who doesn't want to hear a bedtime story from Uncle Joe? I'm in. It's I'm in. I'm watching Tuesday, it. When is it? By the way, when is it? Yeah, next you know Wednesday, what? I don't. I can't listen to it because I have a feeling. I have a is feeling he's Tuesday? going to. He's going to be talking all kinds of malarkey, and I'm going to feel like a stone cold pony soldier. No, is that was that what it was? Dog face pony soldier. I don't want to be a dog face pony soldier. No, no, no. dog face. Um, so pony. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then, and lastly, I just wanted to send out oh, well wow. wishes. Um, to our man Screech, who uh, who got admitted to the hospital the other day, he has got stage four cancer. They didn't they didn't mention what kind I it know. was, but from my understanding, cancer is very very prevalent in his family, and it seems like everybody dies at a young age. And uh, Screech, at age forty four, if you can believe that, looks like he's got an uphill battle. Um, didn't really I don't don't really care much for him, although I gotta be honest with you, I did see his stand up act once in person. So let's not uh let's not talk about that. My <laughs> go ahead. Well, I just wanna huh, well I would like to do oh, it's a Wednesday. quick fact check on us and say that the inauguration is Wednesday, January twentieth, for anybody looking to and apparently that's always January twentieth, the inauguration day. It's been moved to January 20th, beginning in 1937. So it's always on the 20th of January for those that ever wonder when it's going to be. It's January 20th every time. All right. Well, I just listen. I just hope he says, God bless America, a men and a women. That's all I want to hear. That's all I want to say, man. So uh, hope everybody has a great weekend. Stay warm, stay safe and uh, enjoy some great NFL games. If you want to make some money, I guarantee you listen to Phil's picks because he has got it going on this weekend. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> That's it. That's, That's it. exactly what well, follow, follow me. So I promise you not anyway. too much so it works out to your well. bank account. So uh, everybody take care. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon on Phil the Mic.